Hello and welcome to the Crazy Sexy Food Podcast. I'm Hannah Harley-Young, a photographer by trade and a foodie at heart. Each week I sit down and chat all things food with well-known foodies, industry insiders, chefs, critics and people who just love their food. Today we have Teresa Roberts, an entrepreneur and art collector who was born in Jamaica, came to the UK as a young child and is what I like to call the unofficial, but official in my eyes, ambassador of the beautiful country that is Jamaica. She is also the founder of Jamaica Patty Company, which is where we are recording from today, a beautiful snippet of Jamaica in the heart of Covent Garden that sells the most delicious Moorish Jamaican patties I have ever eaten as well as other culinary delights such as jerk chicken, rice and peas, and my favourite rum cake. Teresa, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. And and for having me at JPC. Oh, good welcome. (laughs) So I like to always kickstart my interviews with asking what you had for breakfast and lunch today. Did you eat? Yes, I did. What did you have? I had coffee (laughs) this morning, Blue Mountain coffee with my banana cake, Jamaican banana cake. And then lunch, I had a sawfish and patty. Yeah, you did. With coleslaw. Like a, like a proper Jamaican. Absolutely. One thing that I really love about you is you're incredibly patriotic of your, of your country. What is it about Jamaica that makes it such a special place? Well, I'm biased, but I really believe that it's a beautiful country that punches above its weight in everything we do. And, and we contribute so much to world culture. Um, and I just love being Jamaican, and I love my country. What do you think sets Jamaica out from the other islands in the Caribbean? The spirit of the people, the talent of the people, and the way they love their country, and love, love when people come and see how special we are. It's a, it's a very talented island, and I know people might say, oh, here we go, she's a Jamaican, that's why she's saying it. No, but it's but, true. But you could just see the, what we contribute to the world. Mm. You know, and that's why, in a sense, I am also very, very harsh on young people who have Jamaican heritage. Let them know we're we're contributors. Keep up the good work. Let's show the world what we can achieve. We're not dependent. We're contributors Mm. to the world. And what's some of the work that you've done over the years to promote sort of the, the special place that is Jamaica? Oh, God. Well, I've got an addiction to promote my country, and my husband also helped feed my addiction. <laughs> so what I do, I also like sort of... I do the Jamaican arts, because the very first time when I went back to Jamaica, um, after having been back there for years, I hadn't realised what a great art community we had. And when I discovered that, I thought, oh, my God, I need to go back to Europe, to London, to promote it in Europe, which I've been doing now for several years. So... The art community in Jamaica are very talented, and I do like promoting art uh, from Jamaica in Europe. What, in terms of Jamaican artists, could you give me some examples of, for people that might not know some of the Jamaican artists out there, who are some of the well-known people that we might know? And Ebony Patterson, Philip Thomas, Christopher Lawrence, and we've got the Basil Watson, Barrington Watson, Kai Watson, that's a generation, three generation of Jamaican artists in one there, the Watson family. We've got a lot of talented sculptures there as well. Edna Money, I mean, this is the foundation of Jamaican art. Some of them have passed away, but without that foundation, we wouldn't have these young, young people being totally, totally 
talented because these are the people that inspire them to go into the art. Yeah. And we'll we'll come to your sort of childhood in Jamaica, um, but you have a very beautiful house in Jamaica called Hanover Grange, which I've had the pleasure of coming to a few times now, which I like to call my second home. And the art covers the walls in, in this house. And I think what you've done with it is you've sort of made it sort of like an exhibition piece in a way for when people come to your house they get to see the works of art rather than hearing about it they actually get to see it with their own eyes which I think makes it really special yes and you're right because the trouble is for me art is so important and and art is what make a house come alive and what I did when I realized I when I went back to Jamaica to build Hanover Grange wish I could tell you that it's the easiest thing I've ever done my husband would disagree but I won't um I knew that I wanted it also to be a house full of art and have a lot of special pieces. So I've got different galleries. I've got the International Gallery. I've got the Jamaican Gallery. And I just wanted the world to see Jamaica in a modern home environment with all the history of the art around it. Where did your love of art come from? My love of art came from an artist called David Begbie, who was at the time with my best friend. And I was thrown in the art world with them, really. And from there, I realised um, that I'm an art fanatic. But also, I was always supporting British art. And then when I went back to Jamaica and realised that my Jamaican people have a great art community, that's when I decided to start promoting Jamaican art as well. So, aside from myself being a special guest at Hanover Grange, you've had some pretty incredible guests. You've had Usain Bolt, you've had Lennox Lewis, Andrew Holness, who is the current Jamaican Prime Minister, mm -hmm. Chris Eubank. What is it about Hanover Grange that brings these such a beautiful variety of such well-known Jamaicans? Do you sort of use it as a place to host these people and sort of show them your, your side of Jamaica? Well, the house became very famous, not because of me, and my husband who built it. But when, once we finished building it, it was described as one of the most private, nicest private homes in the Caribbean. I didn't say so, but I was, I would love that title. <laughs> so I, I also liked going and celebrating with it, you know. I also liked going and showing people how it's good to party in a way that it's, um, we could party. And on my birthdays, you realise that lots of people flying from all over Europe to come and party with me. And even Beanie Man coming to sing sing for me, darling. Yeah, you can't can, I, get... can I just say that was one of the biggest regrets of my life, was not coming so to your birthday. So it should be. <laughs> <laughs> so. I was very, very upset about that, but we won't dwell on that too much. Yeah. <laughs> what I love when I go to Jamaica, and as I said, you know, you've, you have given me the pleasure of getting to visit the country a few times now is that the people in Jamaica, the Jamaicans in Jamaica, are incredibly happy people. Yeah. I grew up in Labbrook Grove, which is quite a mixed mm -hmm. Jamaican area. Yeah. And I remember the first time I came to Jamaica, I think it was in 2013, I came to see yeah. you at Hanover Grange. And the one thing that I really noticed was the difference in attitudes between the Jamaicans that I knew and the Jamaicans in Jamaica. Yeah, and I'm going to tell what, what is what's going tell on you here. What, I tell you what's going on there. Now, now when you, it's almost, and I'm not being funny. I'm please. I hope nobody's going to want to kill me. <laughs> it's almost the Jamaican at home are more obliging 
yeah. and nine. And but it's almost when they leave Jamaica and they come here, they they are different people. I understand. Once we are there, I I know what you feel because you're not the only person that tell me that. No, I'm a Jamaican, so I know. I'm hardened to all of that, but you're not the only person that says that. You know, when you go there, people want to serve you, people want to look after you, and you feel completely, it's like a different set of people. I know what you mean. But do you feel like it therefore casts a bit of a shadow over the country for people who haven't been to Jamaica? Yes, that's why... All they know is the Jamaicans that they that they see here. Yeah, that's why I said go home and try. Don't listen to anybody. Go home and see how you're treated. And even that happened to my husband, being a white man going back to Jamaica, coming to Jamaica for the first time. He couldn't believe the treatment and the love that they get there. And and I'm glad you have experienced that as well. So tell the world. Go and experience oh, I, Jamaica I'm telling the world. Don't you worry. <laughs> you know, don't let anybody put you off. But and that is very disappointing. Is there anything that you're doing to kind of put Jamaica back on the map as a positive, well, beautiful try. place? Like, what, 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 do you, what have you been doing over the years? Because that's how I sort of see you. That's why I said in the intro, you kind of are like this ambassador. Like, I've never met anyone who just wants the best for their homeland. Yeah. You know, and I think that's beautiful. Thank you. It, it's, an, it's an addiction, but it's, it's an addiction that gives me a lot of pleasure. I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy doing it. And that's why I have all the house parties and bring all the people to Jamaica to sh- show them how we could have a good time and what Jamaica's all about. And that's why for all these years I've been in Hanover Grange, I've been bringing people over to, for, to enjoy my country at a level that I know exists. It's paradise. It is paradise. It's paradise and we must never forget it. Yeah. And, and I tell people, don't be afraid of Jamaica, just go there and walk with the wise people. You'll be always happy. And I'm going to bring it to Kingston next time. <laughs> yes. I mean, I did do Kingston for 24 hours. But yeah. I, basically, everyone needs to go and see Jamaica with Teresa. <laughs> Through Teresa's eyes, you will see Jamaica how you should. Yeah. You were born in St. Elizabeth yeah, in Black, Jamaica. Yeah, yeah. And what was it like growing up as a, as a young child in Jamaica in, in those days? Well, it was a beautiful life. I mean, I think now... It was an organic life. I had my, I was brought up by my mum, my grandparents, and my, and my mum and dad came to England, and I just had this life of love and freedom because, in a sense, I went to school bare feet. The everything we had no mean of transport was, you know, we. My grandmother used to bring me on a donkey in, in a basket and put me in one basket and my sister in the other. It was incredible. It was a great, great foundation. And again, I will go back to modern society where we got these children who don't understand anything about life and think life for them, everything. That childhood was a great foundation. I respect and love it. It was like an organic childhood, which was what inspired me to do well in life and create something special for my country. So it sort of gave you that drive to sort of really create something beautiful with your future. Yes. And when you, you were one of how many children? I was one of eight. Oh, wow. And you are the? Second oldest. But I know that being one of eight, <laughs> the one who shot and screamed, get the thing. So I haven't stopped shouting and screaming. <laughs> I might have seen that myself at times. <laughs> so as a child, what were you surrounded by in terms of food? What were you eating? What would be a typical day? 
in Jamaica. meals, yeah. yeah. Whilst when you were a kid. Yeah, yeah. Well, so a typical meal, fried dumpling, kalalo, gungu, green gungu peas. Oh my God, I love green gungu peas. Fish from the fish seaside, because all of this, you know, we go and get it. I mean, the chicken was um, from the yard. Um, the milk, the only thing I didn't like, because I don't like milk, I hated when my grandmother sent me to get the milk from the, the man across the road with the, from the milk and then he brings it in to give me, oh, I hated milk really from that, when he pulled it, did the fresh yeah. milk and I can't stand the smell to this day, but that's the only thing I didn't particularly like. And can you just explain, so a fried dumpling is pretty much what it says, that's just dough that's yeah, been fried, flour, and yeah. what would you eat that with? Well, sawfish and ackee. Yeah, darling, darling. Yeah, and then everything else, you know. But the, the rice and peas and chicken was our Sunday dinner. Oh my God, and still is my favourite meal. You can't beat that. Sorry. Mm. Um, and but the chicken was killed from the yard. People think we're in a developed world now, but I, I feel that that lifestyle was more developed than now. Well, because I guess today everything is processed. Yes. Everything's got an e number. Yeah. Everything has to be. Everything has to be able to sit on a shelf for yeah. two, three weeks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, fresh food goes off. Yeah. And I'd rather eat fresh food than, right. than not. As you grew up, was food quite an important part of your life? Yes. You know, were you very passionate about your food? Yes, I was. Yes, I was. And But a fresh fruits. So we have the mango tree. We have the sweet sap tree. We've got the sour sap tree. So that came natural as well. We just go out in the yard and take all the food. That just ginep tree. Amazing. So all that fresh fruit that life. was there it was so gorgeous for us. Who was cooking when you were younger? My grandmother. And is she, was she the best cook ever? She was the best cook ever. And did you, at the time, have an interest? Was she getting you into the kitchen? Were you helping her cook? Were you involved in that way? Or? No, at that time I just watched her cook. I was too young, really. So do you feel like she taught you how to cook? Well, I felt that she was the inspiration of getting up and doing things, yeah. you know, because I saw her work so hard, never moaned, and achieved so much, you know. So that was my inspiration. So you came to the UK at... Was it seven, seven. Seven. So, and your parents had come prior to that? Yes. My mother left me with my grandmother at six months. Wow. So I didn't um, Gosh. even know them, really. And you didn't see them until you were seven? No, no. I, she came back to see me before, because when she had to take me, she came back to see me just to tell me that I was going to come home with her. But Hannah, I'll tell you this. That day she turned up and we were, me and my sister were waiting for this woman who we know with our mother, but never met before. As soon as she came up, into the yard, and I call it a yard, I thought she was the most beautiful woman in the world. Wow. And that in itself gave you an internal belief in yourself, really, and it really did me. I thought, my God, my mother is so beautiful. I must be beautiful. <laughs> but of course. <laughs> you know, and it's such a good feeling, you know, you believe in yourself. And so, so you meet your mum, essentially, kind of for the first time. Yeah, and yeah. did you have that initial connection with her? Did you feel a bit awkward? No, well, I, well I, it's, it's not even awkward or not, because I know she was my mother. I heard about her so much. And I know, and when I saw her, she gave me this loving woman. But the beauty and everything about her captured me. And I know she, you know, you don't... You just feel it. You, just you, know. you knew her. You yeah. felt like you knew her. Yeah. And so what were they doing in the UK whilst you that, were still in Jamaica? Well, she left me with my grandparents. And in truth, the grandparents don't give you back till they want to. You know, you left them with me, they're mine. You know, but when, they, when she was getting a bit older, she said, OK, come and collect them now. Brilliant. <laughs>
she's had enough. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, the, the fundamental thing was that we didn't, um, they've made a life here, they bought a home in Battersea, and it was the time for us to come back and join the family. And so did the eight of you come back? Or did all eight siblings? No, no. Just you? No, there's two of us. Only two was left in Jamaica. Wow. And the other ones were born here. So I, I was oh coming to England to meet a ready-made family. Now, am I going to like them or not? That was the... Wow. Okay. So, okay, so you come, you arrive here at the age of seven. Yeah. And what were your thoughts? Oh, when I, when I saw them, I thought, oh my God, these are my family. These are my brothers. But I wasn't um, too keen when I first see them. <laughs> and what did you think of London? Um, cold. Yeah. And I cried. I didn't want to be here. Well, I can't imagine. I mean, my... coming from a, such a beautiful life yeah. where you could, you were so free. Yeah. You know, you're running around barefoot. Yeah. yeah. And my, my, my father. chickens. And... Yeah. My father kept promising to send me back every week and never did. No. The only time I went back is when I was an adult and work and get my own money to go back. And then I brought my dad back as well with me. And so at this time, what were your parents working? What were your parents doing? Oh, my, my mother was cleaning the British Railway train in Clapham Junction, and my father was a labourer. Amazing. And what did you think of the British food? Oh, well, because I hated it. Yeah. And, they, and what my father did as well, and my mum and dad, I'll always remember, I kept saying, where's the Jamaican food? And it doesn't matter. Eat what we put on the table. <laughs> But were they were they cooking Jamaican food at home? Well, not we, not it. It was boiled veg, just normal. But it was mum British. I mean, tomato soup. I've never had tomato soup in, in all my life in Jamaica. And then tomato soup came on the table. I said, I can't drink that. They said, Eat it, drink it. And then there it was. So no, not really. There was time we get it, like Sunday rice and peas and chicken. But it was they was cooking what they got here. Mm. So I guess you really had to quite adapt quite quickly. Yes. At this time, was there any variety of Jamaican food out? You know, well, like nowadays we have sort of the Jamaican yeah. takeaways everywhere. Yeah, no, well, that wasn't, takeaway wasn't done no. in them days. But they would have gone out and get some plant and then banana and cook. And we, we had Jamaican food. And dumpling was easy. Dun dumplings we had a lot of as well. You know, especially, and chicken soup. But it was a different taste because, it, you know, they fundamentally use what they got. And importation, everything had to be imported and it wasn't cheap in them days, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It'd cost money. Absolutely. So, and to feed a child of eight, so you have to put them on. Irish potato was cheap, everything, so that's how we got it. You start growing up in the UK, you obviously you go through education. Do you feel like by the time you got to your early adult years, your taste buds had changed? Had you finally come round to sort of British yes. cuisine and that sort of yeah. real... Yeah. I, I mean, I guess compared to Jamaican, very um, yeah. simple flavours in yeah. a way. Obviously, I know you got into the property industry yeah. and, and you've, you've sort of dabbled with your art and all that sort of stuff. You then created Jamaica Patty Company. Yeah. So we're fast forwarding now to sort of 2013. Yeah, so this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Don't forget, Hanover, building Hanover Grange was the easiest. This is the hardest thing I've ever done, but the most rewarding. So tell me why it was... It has been so challenging. Well, it's just creating a new food. food the food industry is so, so hard. And fundamentally, you know, I needed to create something that's special if I'm going to be, you know, be in prime location, selling my food. But at this present time, six years on, I feel I've done it, you know, and I like the results. I like what people are saying about it. 
but that's why it's been the hardest and the most rewarding. It didn't come easy. Explain the process of running the store because you're here every day, which I think is incredibly admirable. Like you know, you're doing serious hours. Yes, I I have to because I'm the one who's selling the food, and this is my brand, and I'm selling the service as well. Um, because in a minute I'm going to go up there and tell them to start working. Because <laughs> stop that, stop that, here, stop that. Teresa's just gone upstairs because um, her workers have stopped working. You are literally my mother. Yeah. Um, I mean, no, that was brilliant. Actually, it was a perfect little um, break there. Um, okay, so let's me just go back. I'll just ask you one okay. of the questions again. Explain the process of running this store because you're here every single day, you know, for sort of 11 hours sometimes. I mean, it's so admirable yes. to see this. You know, what, what are the challenges? The challenge is always because it's my business and I need to make sure the service and the quality of the food is right. And also, you can't depend on anybody but yourself, really, because nobody's going to sell it like you. And even no matter who you employ, the, the, the passion and the love has to be there. And if it's not there, yeah. and that's why it's the hardest thing I've ever done, because I know the love and the passion I've got for this place. And I want... But it's not replic... It's very difficult for it to be replicated with somebody else. Yes. yes. Whose baby but it isn't, it, yeah. so to speak. But it doesn't matter, because in a sense, soon as I am at the stage I, am, I want to be, it will be easy then. But this is just a baby that I'm trying to get going. Of course. And even though six years on... It still need to be going a bit more and have people I could trust that who could run it for me. So obviously, primarily you're selling the patties, as I said in the introduction. You obviously do your and it's curried goat, not curry mutton. Oh, okay. We take that out. Yeah, <laughs> curry goat, not mutton. I got yes. told. Curry so goat. you obviously do all of your hot dishes as well with your jerk chicken, yeah, yeah. your curry mutton. Curry, curry goat. goat. <laughs> you know what? I'm about to be kicked out in a minute. <laughs> Curry goat, uh, your rice peas. Yeah. Why did you decide to work with patties instead of maybe opening a Jamaican restaurant, like a proper sit down? What well, was it that you, why did you do take this avenue? Because we took this avenue because fundamentally, when we were building Hanover Grange, we, were, we always lived to live under patties in Jamaica. And um, patties, I think you eat every time of the day, any time of the day, not only breakfast, not, you could eat patties any time. And in a sense, I didn't feel that there was any standards of patties in England that I had, that I, I used to have in Jamaica. Juice is my favourite patty in Jamaica. So when I came back, me and my husband, and he's been Cornish, as you know. And because the, the patty I just found out is, is actually the child of the Cornish of pasty. The Cornish pasty. pasty. Yeah. So, and then he said, let's do this. Let's do a, a, a patty company. And I thought, oh God. But... Never in my wildest dream, I thought I would create something that's so special and the party is so good. And we are not the one who's saying it. Yeah. Again, self-praising is no recommendation. It's the reviews. It's the people who taste it. It's Jamaica who tells No, but it. I mean, again, I'm not even being biased, but I've tried quite a few patties in my time. And what's for me, what sets yours apart is the pastry yeah that i mean the filling is incredible yeah my particular favorite is obviously a spicy beef yeah but can you explain to me the process of how you're making these patties because your pastry is unbelievable 
Yeah. It, I've never I've never had a patty with that kind of pastry. What are you doing? Well, it, th- let me tell you. Or is it a secret? It, it, it is a secret. <laughs> it is a secret. But let me tell you something. Why it's a it's a secret. But what we did after we realised that we wanted to create something special, and I wanted to do it like the way my dad did it. My husband was very sensible in going to an English pie maker because that's the pastry that's so important. So that's why, so that's how we found our, our foundation of our patties. We, we went and get somebody who knows everything about pastry. Because the patties that I've had, well, I haven't had them anywhere else in the UK except London, are, the, the pastry is so thick. It, it's like a shortcrust. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I guess is one of the traditional ways of doing it, but yours is so light and flaky and... Oh, well, my father had... So tasty. My father had that sense similar pastry for the one that we've created. But I think lots of these patties now, as you know, go back to what you said about food, being able to stand on shelf, etc. It's what's in it as well. Our our pastry wouldn't last on a hot cupboard thing in a supermarket. And it shouldn't? Yeah. Because then you're compromising on quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the quality of it, we cook it straight from the oven to the public. So something else that you also stock at JPC is Blue Mountain Coffee. Now, yeah. explain to me why Blue Mountain Coffee is so expensive. Well, because it's the Blue Mountain area is small, and again, it's, Jamaica is not the one that the Blue Mountain Coffee is special, it's the coffee world that says it. And we get a lot of people from Asia that buys it up. So that's why it's expensive, because it, it's, it's in great demand. And how would you describe Blue Mountain Coffee? Because I don't find, it's not very strong. No, no, it doesn't punch through milk easily. No. So um, it's better on as an um, Americano um, with a bit of milk, really. But I do, because I'm a Jamaican brand, I do latte and, and um, cappuccino. And for that, I, I add only 30% of Blue Mountain and I add the a different coffee to get it, give it a good blend to sell it as Blue Mountain. If there was anyone out there who wanted advice on setting up uh, a, f- a food store such as this, what advice would you give to somebody? Well, don't go into it thinking it's easy. If you're not passionate about it, if you're not going to enjoy doing it, forget it. It's hard work. And the only way it lasts is, is the passion and and the result will come eventually, and I'm still waiting for my result, by the way. But I think <laughs> but you, know, you, ha- do, uh, you do have you know, a great clientele. Yes, a lot yeah, of people are yeah, talking about it. Yeah. You're in a fabulous location in London. Yeah. And also, I think that you're, you're cr- you've created something. You've created a niche. Yeah. There isn't really anything else no. like what you're doing out there. There are so many sandwich shops. We yeah. don't care about sandwiches yeah. anymore. You know, there's so many other different takeaway services yeah. what's so wonderful about yours and especially the size of your patties is that that's a perfect lunch meal Absolutely. it's also a great snack yeah. as you said it can be eaten at any, any time, time of the day i mean any you day. could eat it at midnight you could eat it first yeah. thing in the morning yeah. it doesn't really matter yeah. and i think that's what's so wonderful about them i'm a fan <laughs> what would you say is your favorite jamaican dish right my favorite jamaican dish is Oh, I've got several. Okay, but list them all. Okay, list them right. all. 
green gungu pea soup. Okay, explain what that is to people that might not know. It's a green, it's a, it's a, a pea soup, but they, it's gungu peas as you pronounce it, but it's gungu I call it, but it's got to be green, it's a, you have to make it in Jamaica because it's green gungu pea soup. And what, um, are you, what are you mixing that with to make it into a soup? What spices? Well, uh, you know, normal Jamaican spices consist of three things. Well, part of what we, you call spring onion, we call scallion, mm -hmm. thyme, and scotch bonnet pepper. That's the thing that gives the Jamaican flavour. And that, that's the base for jerk, yeah. Yeah. for any other, well, the, for yeah. the curries. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but those are the three things yeah. that give the Jamaican spring. But add everything else in it, ginger, allspice, etc. But those are the things that give the Jamaican flavour. Okay. Um, and um, obviously jerk chicken, rice and peas, kalalu. Oh my God, I love kalalu. So how I would describe kalalu as sort of like a... Spinach. Yeah, yeah spinach mixed with a kind, like a bit of a cabbage. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, kalalu. And I love yellow yam. Oh my God, I love yellow. So what's, what's yellow lamb as opposed yes, to... Yellow yam. A yam is white normally, Fine. but the yellow one, didn't you, you must have had yellow yam. I think I have had yellow yam and yours, yes. Yeah, yeah, what, what's the difference between that and a white yam? White, white yam is white, but I never go for the white, I like the yellow. So is yellow a bit sweeter perhaps? No, no, I don't know what it is that I love special about it, but I just love it's it. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> and what is your favourite patty flavour? Oh God, don't stop me up <laughs> All of them. All of them, all of them, but I'll tell you what, Selfish and ackee, oh my god, I need to stop eating those ones. And then even my vegan one I'm addicted to now as well. So tell me about the vegan one, what's in the vegan one? Um, well it's vegetable, but the pastry is so wonderful. Again, I would never have gone vegan if it, was so, if it wasn't good. I don't care what anybody says, I'm not going to sell anything that's not got a That quality. you wouldn't eat yourself as yeah, well? Yeah, so the vegan one is, is fantastic. And what is the future for JPC? Well, that's why this is when I'm going to feel as if I've, su I've succeeded. When I have several outlets in London. Okay. And, um, and moving up all over the country. And I'm a bit further away. We haven't, we haven't reached that stage yet. But I'm feeling it's growing. It's going to get there. I'm here after six years coming up. So I'm not unhappy. Would you ever open in Jamaica? Yes, I want to. That would be amazing. Yeah. I will do. You could have a little sort of kiosk in, yeah. in, in your house in Hanover Grange. <laughs> I, would, I would like to do that one in Jamaica, yeah. Do you cook when you're, when you're sort of off at home relaxing? Do you like to cook? It's my favourite thing. And what do you cook at home? Well, I cook, well my favourite food at home, apart from chicken and dumpling soup and, and chicken, is also, um, I love paddock. Okay. Paddock. Really? With my device. Cabbage, spring onion, and ginger. You sit on there. Wow. I mean, I do love a good piece of haddock. Oh my god, I love haddock. It's my favourite white fish. Because you're quite healthy, aren't you? Yeah. You sort of keep everything quite yeah. simple yeah. and. Haddock is gorgeous. And I do it with pointed cabbage. I'm going to cook for you. I'm going to cook I that for you. I want you to wonder. cook for me. I'm going to cook that for You've you. You've never wonder. cooked for me. Darling, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Okay. That's because I take you to my place as a chef. I know, exactly. <laughs> you're going to cook for me in London. I am, I am. I promise you. What food can't you live without? I can't live without rice and peas. I can't, I like fish, right, white fish. I can't live without either. I can't live Do you eat much fish when you're in Jamaica? Yes, I, I like this snapper, mm -hmm. but I like it fresh. And at the moment, every time I go to Jamaica, they give me this 
food that if, if it I don't like parrot fish I don't know what I might be the name of it I don't like that name parrot fish <laughs> god I try what? to think what a parrot fish looks like no it looks like a parrot oh. <laughs> <laughs> but wow. everybody tell me Andrew loves it but I like snapper in Jamaica but I like white fish as well which uh, we don't have a lot of white fish in Jamaica and aside from cooking wonderful haddock at home and obviously eating your wonderful patties is there anywhere else in london that you love to eat at yeah my favorite place that i like eating at at the moment is the arts club mayfield lovely yeah i mean they've got fabulous yeah. food yeah i love that one. they do yeah. a, they do good fish there yes, as well of I think. Course, of yeah course. yeah so i always ask my guests mm. a few little quick fire questions yeah my biggest love in life mm. As a snack, yeah. is crisps. I yeah. love crisps. Yeah. What's your favourite flavour of crisps? Smoky bacon. Do they still make Stop that? Stop it. Do they still make I that? I can't believe you just said <laughs> that. Do they still make that? Yes, they do. I love smoky bacon. Teresa, I would never put you as a smoky bacon flavour. <laughs> Frazzles. I think the brand was Frazzles. Yeah. I, mean, they, I mean, everyone does them. All the supermarkets yeah, have their yeah. own flavour. That yeah. is so... Okay. I mean, I was expecting you to say plantain chips, but okay. Smoky bacon. Brilliant. Okay. If you were having a dinner party and yeah. you couldn't, it was obviously more people, but if you could choose three fabulous guests, dead or alive, who would you like to be at your dinner party? Oh, God. Um, I would like to in, have Nigel Farage. Wow. Gina Miller. No, hold on, hold on. Rewind. Okay. <laughs> Why Nigel Farage? Because <laughs> he's an educator. <laughs> okay. Gina Miller. Yes, she's amazing. And um, Boris Johnson. <laughs> so Teresa's really mixing it up here. So you want Nigel Farage? Will you sit in the middle of Nigel and Boris, perhaps? Or are you going to put them together? I'll put them together. We'll try and solve no, things. No, I'll put Gina in, in, in the middle okay. of them. Okay. Right, I feel like you're you're sort of going to really sort out history and sort yeah. out the UK in, in your <laughs> dinner party. What are you going to serve them? Your haddock? No, no, Jamaican <laughs> jerk chicken and rice and peas. <laughs> and finally, what is your final meal? Your death row meal, your desert island dish? Right. Grilled lobster. Listen to this one now. Rice and peas with kalala. Wow. Grill so lobster. you're not you're not going for the jerk chicken. No, grill lobster. Okay. Rice and peas and kalala. And what are you gonna have for dessert? Dessert comes in woman raisin ice cream and Jamaican rum cake. Mmm, lovely. And what are you gonna drink? Rum punch, darling. <laughs> <laughs> you are a wonderful human being, Teresa, and I just want to say thank you so much for having me here today in your fabulous. Jamaica Patty Company store. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast. It's been so great speaking with you and hearing about your incredible life story coming from Jamaica, building yourself a life over here and creating such a fabulous little concept here. You can follow Teresa and the Jamaica Patty Company on social media mm -hmm. at Jamaica Patty Co. And you can visit the store at 26 Neuro Covent Garden in London. Thank you for listening and joining us this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and tell a friend and another and maybe another. Don't forget you can follow all the crazy sexy antics on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook and YouTube 
at crazy sexy food until next time goodbye mm-hmm.